Kia ora. Welcome to this edition of the Morrisville Baptist Church Podcast. Thank you for connecting with us to discover more about our faith community. Feel free to visit our website at morrisvillebaptist.com. I hope this message is an encouragement to you. Well, it's great to be here. I'm Richard, one of the pastors here at Morrisville Baptist Church. If you're a visitor here today, just again, a lovely welcome uh, today. I love these kind of days. We're, we're about being a family, and today we're, we're celebrating you know, um, the preciousness and the gift of children and with dedications. And um, also for baptisms. I love baptisms. And just to hear the stories and seeing God at work. And just for the, the song that was sung earlier, you know, we're standing on God's promises who works you know, as we recognize these things and keep him at the centre, so uh, I'm just really, really excited, and um, I know Cindy's nervous, but Cindy, we pray God's blessing on you this morning, you know, God will be with you, and so um, just uh, before we uh, just share a short message, just pray. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that your steadfast promises are sealed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we want to thank you for that, and Lord, we ask that you would draw near to us through your Spirit uh, and work in us and among us and through us this morning. We thank you for the joy of being able to gather, and Lord, uh, we pray that you'll bless our time together. Would you lead us and guide us? Would you speak into these celebrations? And uh, as I share now, Father, I pray your Spirit be at work, and Lord, that we would uh, grow to know you more deeply each day and each week. And we thank you for your faithfulnesses, your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I just, uh, we're thinking about baptism. Most of us got the, um, the general idea of baptism. It involves water and someone getting dunked in the water. But part of us is of, of trusting in God as well. Is that often he, he wants us to give up our old life and follow him. And so um, the, the challenge is, is you know, it would be wonderful if we could do all that day one. If we became a Christian and we became perfect on day one, wouldn't it be wonderful? It doesn't happen though, does it? But we start that journey. And part of baptism is recognizing that we're starting that journey and that God is going to walk with us and change us and transform us because of his promises. And if you see the next slide here... <laughs> is uh, we don't, when we get baptized in the water, we don't always give up everything or get perfect on day one, do we? We hang on to some things. But God's really gracious with us. He walks with us, and he wants us to change. And that's what I love about God. He's, you know, his spirit comes to bring us freedom, and he wants to change our hearts. So what we do, we do out of our love for him and not grudgingly. And that's kind of the, the process um, he wants to work in us. And Baptism today and even the dedication is about that. It's about inviting God to change us into the likeness of his son. And he promises he'll walk with us through those things. Because we live in a, in a challenging world and we all know that. And if you just look at you know, the news each week, and some of you may stop looking at it, because it can be really depressing at times and things going on. But God's at work in the midst of all these things. And um, we often... Uh, blame God when things go wrong, but we often forget to thank him when things go right. And um, 
as we as, as God's people understand why the world is in a mess because God's actually revealed that to us through the word and it's the only place I find in scripture gives us a, a satisfying understanding of what's happening in our world and the reality the spiritual reality that we live in is as I touched on last time there's, there's what I call three kingdoms there's the kingdom of God where his rule and blessing started at the garden of Eden and everything was in harmony and then Satan entered that and he tried to declare his kingdom. And he invited Adam and Eve to set up their own kingdom, the kingdom of self. Do whatever makes you feel good and happy. Ignore God and his words and what he commands. And Satan would offer Jesus as well a kingdom on earth just after he was baptized. And when we understand these realities and we look at the world and see there's so much conflict going on in the world, so much trouble, is, this is not what God has done or he's not powerless to do something. This is because of the kingdom of, of darkness is at work. And often it's the kingdom of self because we often want our own way, whether it's in individual relationships, whether it's in families, communities, or as nations. We often choose or demand things to happen our way. And that often ends up in conflict. And so a lot of our problems are because we have done things and that we often blame God for. But God's got a plan, and that's why we're talking about standing on his promises today. And when we talk about sin, it's simply to reject God's rule. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden means missing the mark, choosing our way. And Scripture says, the Bible says, we've all like sheep who've gone astray. And the wages of being in the kingdom of self, of doing our own thing, is death. I was at a funeral recently, and they said, death stinks. And it's true, it does. But that's where the gospel comes in, because it's good news. Because it offers to bring God's reign and rule back in to our lives. And though the wages of sin are death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, who we've been praising this morning. And we can stand on his promises. For it says in, in Acts, Peter would say, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven. heaven given to mankind, which we must be saved. Is this not working? All right? You going okay? And so the only name is, what's the name that we've been given? It's the name of Jesus, isn't it? That we must be saved, be saved by. Because only he has the answer to life's problems and how to fix we saw how to fix a problem of separation from a holy God. And when Jesus would talk about coming into the kingdom of God, he said you must be born again of water and of spirit. And in one sense, Jesus was talking about trusting in him for two baptisms. 
one, to put to death our old life, but because we're going to live again spiritually, one, to allow us to live the new life that God wants us. Well, to wake you up? <laughs> woke me up. And one baptism is about life. Because if the order is is death, there's no hope. God wants us to walk in this fullness. And so, when Peter shared about Jesus' resurrection, he said, when Peter said that, he, he said to those listening, when they said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter replied, repent. means change your way, have a change of mind, change of direction in your life. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is given to us, for the forgiveness of your sins, for choosing to go your own way, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so what is baptism? Baptism means to be immersed. And when we're talking about baptism in water, it means to go under the waters, being immersed, being surrounded by them. Now, Jesus had a sense of humor, I'm sure, but he didn't want us just to have a wet witness, just get wet, get wet for a bit of fun. Jesus said this was important, and so much so, he actually got baptized himself. And he was the only one who didn't need to get baptized. But he wanted us, to, wanted to show us the way and how important it is to God. And so baptism is a declaration that we're moving out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of self, into the kingdom of God, which God has opened up for us. And so it's a declaration to that, that we are now his children. That's wonderful. And so our immersion into the water reminds us of Christ's death, that he died for us. We're submerged. We're identifying with his burial. He was in the grave for three days. And the rising together, emerging from the waters, identify with his resurrection power, the life that was in him we receive. And so we're remembering these things. There's no magic thing about the water. It's just water, isn't it? But it's faith in trusting in the promises of God, in the promises of Jesus, that he will clean us on the inside is why we're doing it. We can all clean the outside of our skin when we get dirty. We can wash our hands and clean them. How do we get rid of the dirt on the inside? We can't put soap in the inside to wash our sin. And so God found a way. And through Jesus giving his life, when we trust in him, he cleans us up on the inside. And that's wonderful news. Amen. Amen. That's what he's done. And so it affirms our guilt has been cleansed when we trust in him when we rise up and identify with Jesus. And this is all about identifying with Jesus, with who he is. That's what baptism is about. 
And so if you haven't done this, if you haven't considered it, if you're not a Christian, say, don't, no, don't shortchange yourself. Find out about this. If you're a Christian, you haven't been baptized. Consider this. This wasn't really an optional extra. Everyone we see in the New Testament, other than the thief on the cross, was baptized as far as we know. And so it's something important to God. And if we want to follow him, it should be important to us. I said, and this is about trusting in him. If we trust in him, we'd want to do the things that Jesus is asking us to do. And so at his baptism, Jesus was immersed in water. The Spirit hovered over him, the Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist would say that he came to baptize in water, but the one after him would come and baptize us in the Holy Spirit, immerse us in the Holy Spirit. And that's an amazing thing. And we can do that because God has cleaned us up. Because the spirit of holiness can't live inside us unless we've dealt with the things that are inside. And that's God's desire to come and live with us. And that power that raised Jesus on Resurrection Sunday, it lives in us when we trust in him. And that's really good news. So much so. It's so good. Hallelujah. And so here we're, we're going to celebrate new life as well for Cindy and those getting baptised tonight for what they're doing. And there'll be sometimes often a, a sharing of testimony. You don't have to share a testimony before you get baptised. And sometimes we share things about what God has done in our lives. And it's easy to think about, especially if someone has, a, has an amazing testimony, was rescued from you know, drink, drugs, prison. It sounds really powerful. And you may think, well, I don't have a testimony like that. It doesn't matter because we're all separated from God. But the real call of this gospel isn't the thing that, hey, we're dying and identifying we're dying with Jesus. The real challenge now is how we live for him. And that's his call now to live our lives for him. And he has provided everything that we need to live for him in that newness of life. And that we become God's family through this. It's pretty amazing. Through Jesus, we have the privilege of becoming part of his family. And so God is committed to our growth. As we take a step of faith, as we identify ourselves in baptism of Jesus. We all get excited at births, don't we? It's wonderful for Nick and Michelle having a third child. Really exciting. We love births. It's so precious, isn't it? The joy of new life. But sometimes we overlook helping newborns to grow. We may do that practically in, in, in a physical sense, in our own families. We help them, nurture them, help them to grow. We often don't do that so well when we're helping people to grow spiritually as new children. And we're called to do that. And God wants us to grow in him, to know him, and to walk in everything he has got for us. And so for Cindy and, and for Chris and, and Dylan and, and Sophie tonight, God's heart was that you will grow and multiply and mature and be fruitful for him. 
It says at the end of Second Peter that you would grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's the real heart of all this. It's just not the baptism. It's what happens after here. And God wants us to give us every provision to grow up in him. And so the purpose of baptism is to mark a new start. It's not setting us up for failure. How could we ever follow Jesus and do all the things that he did? He says, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to change you. And I believe this is the greatest miracle in the Bible. The power of a changed life. And living in that. And it is amazing. You hear the testimonies of people's lives so different from what they were before because the power of God is working in them and through them. And we need one another to help that. But that's the good news. And the Holy Spirit is going to apply what Jesus has accomplished. He coming into us will give us that power. But we need to walk in that. We need to allow him to work in us. He's not going to force himself on us. As he brings freedom and joy. And so I just wanted to reflect on a few verses that remind us that coming out of those waters, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ through faith is available to us. You just listen to these scriptures. John 16, 14. So one of the main purposes of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus with our lives. He, the Holy Spirit, will bring me glory, Jesus speaking, by telling you whatever he receives from me. And so our lives are meant to glorify Jesus. The Spirit will help us. He will be present when we're doing that. Romans 5, 5. It's about God's love. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's promise. For intercession, the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. It gives us power, the resurrection power. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth in Acts 1.8. Brings us courage and boldness. We spoke about that a few weeks ago after the disciples prayed. The place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke words of the word of God boldly or courageously. The Holy Spirit guides us when he, the spirit of truth, comes. He will guide us, for you, into all the truth. He's going to be working with us and in us. He teaches us, he reminds us. John 14, 26, Jesus said, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I love it when the Spirit just illuminates something when I'm reading God's Word. It's the power of the Spirit to actually take what we may read and put it in here in our hearts. He convicts us. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He never condemns us, but He convicts us. For when He comes, He'll prove the world to be in the wrong about sin 
and righteousness and judgment. And the Holy Spirit convicts us to help us choose the right way and enable us to do that. I said the miracle of, of, of God's power is here as well, is that the fruit of God's character, of love, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all fruits of God's character, which God wants to impart to us. These are God's free gifts to us. It's amazing that he has done that for us. He also gives us spiritual gifts of all kinds, but the Spirit distributes them. And we need those gifts of prophecy, of healing, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, enable us to function well in our church among the other, other gifts too. And so we have the blessing of these gifts. He wants to give us a life of peace. No matter what's going on around us, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Not related to our circumstances, but something in here. And he gives us assurance 1 John 4.13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. Romans 8.14-16, assurance of being adopted as God's children. For those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Sometimes it's easy to find a text in the Bible to try and help us be assured of that. But the, the assurance we have that we're children of God is the Holy Spirit in us, witnessing, witnessing to us that cry of our Father. That is the assurance we have, the Holy Spirit working in our lives. No matter what happens in our daily lives, the things that may not work so well, the struggles we have, the Spirit witnesses to us that we are his children. That's wonderful. And so God promised us as the gift of the Holy Spirit to live new lives. And it requires our cooperation with the Spirit. I just want to finish with these verses here from Ephesians and Colossians. Paul says in Ephesians 4, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on your new self created like God in true righteousness and holiness. So God's in the business of changing us. And he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave. Peace with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the heavenly, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Beautiful promises here. So Cindy... You're acknowledging here today that you're a new creation. You've got a clear conscience.
from your past. It's what we're recognising for what Jesus has done. And you're free from condemnation in the present because of what Jesus has done for us. So we can call to stand on those promises. It's a gift from God received by trusting in him. And grace gives us the strength to obey. That's God's heart. And so if we ponder on these things, my question for you as a, each time is not should I get baptised, but why wouldn't I want to be baptised? Because this is a gift of God. He freely offers us. And so with that, I'd like to um, just invite um, uh, Tom up here. And we're just going to, to dedicate as well uh, two precious young girls to... And so this is really important. It's investing in the lives of our children. So, Tom.